Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joel Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to have you with us another Wednesday evening, reflecting into uh, this wonderful figure, Pope Francis. Uh, and as I do each and every Wednesday, I have Bob Cross joining me. So, Bob, great to have you with me another Wednesday. Another Wednesday. Great to be here, Joe. Bob, we are in our 22nd week uh, our 22nd week of Seeds of Truth. Happy anniversary, Joe. You know, I, I forgot, <laughs> here I am without a case. <laughs> yeah, 22 yeah. weeks, that's amazing. It seems like, what, yesterday? Yeah, well, and you know, I was kind of reflecting on the way over here, you know, was, okay, 22 weeks ago where we started this Seeds of Truth. Seeds of Truth, which came from the Catholic Hour. The Catholic Hour was devoted uh, essentially to breaking open the readings from the Mass. Now, the shift was so that we might get a wider breadth of uh, the Catholic faith and the Catholic Church. So we, we've taken up topics uh, like that of witness and church history. And of course, on Wednesdays, Pope Francis. Thursdays, uh, we started with apologetics, and now we're in theology of the body. And Friday, uh, we are still about Sunday, but we're just really focusing in on the gospel. So for all of that being said, when I was uh, driving over here today, I got to think, you know, I get emails where people will respond to me and say, hey, Joe, I, I'm, I'm listening to you for the first time, and I had a question about this that you may have spoken to, you know, 10 weeks ago. So one of the things I wanted to let our listening audience know, if you are a first-time listener, is that you can go to joeholcraft.org, and you'll see a little link, listen now, and click that, and you will be in all of the podcasts. So you just go to the date, go to the topic, and uh, thumb your way through and uh, find that program that you wanted to hear. It's uh, detailed to the day, uh, the, the date, and the topic. So I just wanted to throw that out there, Bob, uh, not certainly to get a happy anniversary or anything like that. <laughs> Speaking of important days, today is the Feast of Our Lady of Mount, Car uh, Mount Carmel. Uh, I have a sister uh, who's a sister, as I like to say, a biological sister who is a religious sister, Sister Victoria Maria. She's a Carmelite cloistered nun. Today's her day. So if by chance she is listening to this by way of podcast, I certainly wish her a happy feast day, as today is such an important day. So with that, Bob, so we are about on Wednesdays, Pope Francis, where he's in the news, and, you know, the joy of the gospel, uh, the great document, uh, on the new evangelization. Off the top, where is Pope Francis in the news? Well, over these last few days, there's been a number of pieces, but I wanted to go back to what I noted last week, that we were going to talk a little bit about this reform of the Institute for Religious Works, which is actually the Vatican Bank. The Institute for Religious Work is a bank. I mean, that's the mind of the Church, that the money she receives is ordered to charity. I think there's an important point to be had as it relates to um, how the church is thinking. Now, certainly there's reform, Bob, because there's been corruption. And when Pope Francis came in, he made a point to talk about that this is going to be something he's going to address. And, well, he has. Now, 
Some thought they were just going to do away with this institute, essentially uh, bring something new into play. But back in early April, Pope Francis issued the following statement. The Institute for Works of Religious, in the acronym you may see it, I-O-R, will continue to serve with prudence and provide specialized financial services to the Catholic Church worldwide. The valuable services that can be offered by the Institute assists the Holy Father in his mission as universal pastor and also aid those institutions and individuals who collaborate with him in his ministry. So, the Institute for the Works of Religion, or the Vatican Bank, Bob, published its 2013 financial statement last Tuesday, concluding the first step of an ongoing reform to improve financial transparency at the Vatican. That seems to be a hot word these days, transparency. Uh, The current president of the board, one von Freiburg, said on July 8th, As set out in May 2013, we have focused on making the Vatican Bank compliant with financial regulation, safer and more transparent, so as to create options for the Holy Father to decide on the future of the Institute. Through this work, we have laid the ground for a new team to make the Vatican Bank a truly uh, outstanding service provider in Catholic finance. Notwithstanding this housekeeping effort, the Vatican Bank has delivered a credible performance for its customers, first and foremost, the Holy See itself. In the first half of 2014, we delivered a very positive performance that validates the efforts of all those working at uh, the Vatican Bank. Uh, The issuance of the balance sheet closed phase one, as he discussed it, of the reform of Vatican Bank. The second phase will deal with the integration of the bank into the new economic administrative Vatican framework. This certainly is what Pope Francis is about. Uh, And out from that, a new board and executive team will be appointed to carry forward this phase. And the prefect for this new team is one Cardinal Pell, Bob, from Australia, uh, he recognized the work of von Freiburg. This is Cardinal Pell. He says, With the help of the external consultants of the Promontory Financial Group, the Institute carried forward the screening of its accounts. This is the baseline truth we're after here, Bob. The screening of its accounts as a result of which 3,000 customers and accounts were closed. The customer categories of the Vatican Bank have also been restricted. Uh, as Cardinal Pell said, thanks to this decision, the Vatican Bank now focuses only on Catholic institutions, clerics, employees, or former employees of the Vatican with salary and pension accounts, as well as embassies and diplomats accredited to the Holy See. Well, I, there's been a lot in the news leading up to this point over the last year, of course, with you know some of this basic reform. And again, this is, this is a man, this, this, this Pope has been the first one to say, mea culpa, you know, the church is going to set the example. He's calling uh, everyone out to the Christian life uh, to remember and think about the poor and to, uh, to do the right thing. And he, from the very beginning, said, okay, we're going to start right here. He looks around himself, and this is part of, uh, you know, what he, is, his, he means when, he, when, it's, when, when he's talking about reform and when he's talking about action, mm-hmm. about being, a, you know, truly, truly living in the, the, the Christian spirit. And... Um, you know, it's not coincidental that we've been talking in recent weeks about you know him having him calling out the mafia and calling out even other 
other groups and uh, in situations in Italy itself um, that I'm sure had a lot to do with what must have been pretty well known to be some corruption that was taking place with a lot of the financial matters. Mm -hmm. I mean, he replaced the entire team mm -hmm. you know, as far as you know the, the financial team is concerned. Mm -hmm. Um, one of which is an American, I, I believe, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And so, you know, this, this, this man is, you know, he puts his money where his mouth is. I mean, he, for L lack of a better pun. Well, you know? <laughs> literally speaking. Yes. Yeah. I'd like to point out, too, though, that, you know, I, I'm reading an article today, and it's all about, you know, this nervousness and some of this hang-wringing hang -ringing that still takes place with Pope Francis, people who don't really understand who he is or what it is he's saying, because this man... Um, he doesn't typically go through the regular channels, you know, as far as, you know, the, the, the communications department or the public uh, relations department of the Vatican. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is, this is uh, you know, the Pope who stops the vehicle at the, at the wall when he's in Jerusalem and mm -hmm. freaks out uh, everybody by going over and saying a prayer at the wall. Mm -hmm. um, so he does things by impulse. He says things sometimes in interviews. Uh, that is taken out of taken out of context, mm -hmm. or people read things into it, into into things that he says that aren't necessarily what he means. It's it just shows you once again that he really is. It's not as exciting sometimes to talk about bank statements, and that's what you know we're discussing here because people would rather talk about the spin that they that they want to try to create around some of the things that he says in candid marks, remarks or interviews. Mm -hmm. Thanks for what you shared there, Bob. What's so important in what we're talking about now, Bob, is part of change is dealing with a lot of practical matters. Right. All of those logistics that so often get overlooked in our daily life. And so essentially, he put together a team to tell them, hey, we need to pay attention to the minutia of some of these statements. And yeah, I mean, 3,000 customers' accounts were closed. Just a, a, just a holistic... Uh, streamlining of the, the whole bank, the whole institute, if you will. You know, it's interesting, Bob, you have heard me say on probably a number of occasions, less is more. You know, less is more in the spiritual life because the less we are attached to, the more time we can give to God. The fewer things that occupy our time that have real no significance to them, the more time we can give to God. We've put the whole less is more in the context of our conversations. Uh, so often, Bob, we say things and we use words that we wish we didn't say or use, uh, and suddenly you know, those words that we used come back to bite you a week or a month down the road, right? What does this have to do with our discussion on the Vatican Bank? Well, everything. Because among other things, when you start talking about the reforms of the Vatican Bank, it is first and foremost about the streamlining, an effort that espouses towards the less is more. I mean, fewer accounts equal, yes, less chance of corruption, but also the better management of that aforementioned minutia that goes into running such an operation, and also a deeper understanding of the larger mission of the Vatican Bank, the larger mission of this institute that is focused on religious works. So the whole idea here for Pope Francis, and it's no wonder that he knew exactly what uh, he wanted to do is, ultimately, it must come back to the gospel truth of less is more. If we are going to preach the gospel message better, then we have to do this over here better, okay? And this is what this reform is really about. Now, 
we are sacrificing a lot of that minutia in, in our conversation right now um, over the radio. But it would be enough to say, Bob, bottom line, what Pope Francis is after, they are doing. That less is more. Again, it's action that's taking place. He's, he's just not making speeches. He does that. And he's traveling and he's reaching out and his pastoral um, efforts are, are well documented and covered. But, I mean, this is, this is really amazing to me because, I mean, this is something that it could easily be just kind of pushed aside. I'm, I'm sure it's not fun. For for him or Cardinal Pell, yeah, you Cardinal know, Pell. Yeah. I mean, this is drudgery. Yeah. I mean, Three thousand accounts close. Mm-hmm. That's just mm-hmm. mind blowing when you think about it. So I mean, it's it's uh, this is what it takes though to really demonstrate that you know, hey, um, reform is for real, and it that's starts right. starts right there at his doorstep. Yeah, I, I loved what he said. You know, in those words that I opened up with. The valuable services that can be offered by the Institute assist the Holy Father in his mission as universal pastor and also aid those institutions and individuals who collaborate with him in his ministry. So what he's saying there is this institute, this bank, is a good. So it, it demands the, re, the, the reform, the, the change uh, that we're after. I mean, let's think about this practically, Bob. I mean... We say, well, I don't know if I totally get that, Joe. I don't know if I totally get that, Bob. Streamlining, less is more. Well, let's think about this. If you have a portfolio out there, I mean, how difficult is it to manage your portfolio if you've got your hand in in, in all of of these stocks and bonds and all the rest? Now, what if you had your hand in just one or two, especially if they're doing well, to manage those and to watch those? That's, That's something different. The whole idea of less is more goes very far, Bob. With that, we are in the joy of the gospel. And we're in this section, Challenges to Enculturating the Faith. Um, He certainly gets uh, into what we're talking about right now, this unbridled consumerism that feeds the market. I mean, this is the kind of mindset that led to the corruption in the Vatican Bank. So now we've talked about paragraph 68. We've talked about paragraph 69, Bob. Uh, we are working through this little subsection slowly, but that's okay because it is rich. Why don't we get into paragraph 70 now? It reads, It is also true that at times greater emphasis is placed on the outward expressions and traditions of some groups or on alleged private revelations which would replace all else than on the impulse of Christian piety. There's a kind of Christianity made up of devotions reflecting an individual and sentimental faith life which does not, in fact, correspond to authentic popular piety. Some people promote these expressions while not being in the least concerned with the advancement of society or the formation of the laity. And in certain cases, they do so in order to obtain economic benefits or some power over others. Nor can we overlook the fact that in recent decades there has been a breakdown in the way Catholics pass down the Christian faith to the young. It is undeniable that many people feel disillusioned and no longer identify with the Catholic tradition. Growing numbers of parents do not bring their children for baptism or teach them how to pray. There is also a certain exodus towards other faith communities. The causes of this breakdown include a lack of opportunity for dialogue in families, the influence of the communications media, a relativistic subjectivism, unbridled consumerism, which feeds the market, 
lack of pastoral care among the poor, the failure of our institutions to be welcoming, and our difficulty in restoring a mystical adherence to the faith in pluralistic religious landscape. So that's a mouthful there, huh? <laughs> There's yeah. a number of things, Bob, I, I wanted to get into, but maybe there should be some, some definitions. You know, he brings into this paragraph um, private revelations. What does he mean by that? Well, let's just go to the catechism. Okay, private revelations. Private revelations are revelations made in the course of history which do not add to or form part of the deposit of faith, but rather may help people live out their faith more fully. Some of these private revelations have been recognized by the authority of the Church, which cannot accept so-called revelations of faith that claim to surpass or correct the revelation of Christ confided to His Church. Okay, so what's going on here? There's public revelation, Bob, and there's private revelation. Public revelation, simply put, is sacred scripture. Private revelation is that revelation in which our Lord, or the Blessed Virgin Mary, has appeared to uh, persons through the ages and given uh, these people messages that do not add on to the revelation, but simply are really an exhortation or a calling out to live the gospel message. All throughout history, church history, we've had uh, these private revelations. Now, what is he talking about here? He's saying there is a tendency for some of us, maybe, if we get too tied to some of these private revelations, or maybe even tied, Bob, to a popular speaker, they actually replace God. They actually replace our relationship with God. I mean, there are lots of people who travel throughout the country, and uh, as he puts it, they do, do it making a lot of money. Are we going to these speakers so that we might be refreshed and renewed and uplifted in our faith in Jesus Christ? Or are they actually becoming idols themselves where, where they actually don't point towards God? We have to be very careful of this. When we go somewhere to listen to someone, we need to be renewed and refreshed so that we might leave that place reinvigorated with a sense of purpose to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ and ultimately catechize people in that message. And I like the way that, um, you know, in that paragraph, you know, he, he gets right directly to the heart of the matter that you're talking about right there, Joe. Is, and, it, and it relates to our, you know, our news of the week, and that's the Vatican Bank. And, and you know, sometimes we overlook the fact that um, there's this breakdown in the way that we pass along, you know, our, our exhortations to live the gospel, to live our faith as a means of being able to take advantage of this so-called piety. In a, in a way to, uh, to advance ourselves without the least bit concern of what we're called to really do mm-hmm. for the poor. You know? And so it's, uh, it's really relevant to you know, what we were just discussing about with the reform of the, you know, the Vatican and the bank. Yeah, the other aspect of this is, and this is just from my own experience of being around certain people who are, are very much taken by the whole private revelation thing is they're, they're really drawn into the supernatural phenomenon of it and when you have an overemphasis on the supernatural phenomenon, then ultimately at once there's going to be a de-emphasis on the message itself. You can get so wrapped up in uh, the reports of, you know, our Lord appearing to this person and that person that we forget the message itself. We have a lot of listeners, Bob, t- on this radio program that are very much in tune with, say, the message of Our Lady of Medjugorje. And my message to them is this. I've been there. My message to them is this. Be careful. 
Be careful on the front of getting so caught up in the supernatural element of it that you forget the message itself. The message of which is about prayer, fasting, almsgiving, all of those salient pieces that we, that we hear from Christ himself. Focus in on the message. It, I mean, what am I talking about right now? Well, what did Christ say? You know, he would perform a miracle and give him, he, would, uh, he would say, well, don't, don't tell the people what you saw. Why? Because there would be an overemphasis on going to see Jesus Christ just for the miracle. To a degree. And less emphasis on the message itself. So all very important. Yeah, I wanted to drop down, Bob, on this paragraph that you read for us and speak briefly to a couple of these pieces. First and foremost, the causes of this breakdown include... A lack of opportunity for dialogue in families. What is he saying there? Well, our families, if they're not broken down and split up, are not spending time with each other. So therefore, how can you possibly have a dialogue about what's going on in your day if you're not actually spending time um, with one another? So we need to reinvigorate as families, Bob, this sense of what it means to gather around the dinner table what it means to ask the question to your son or to your daughter or to your husband or wife, how was your day? What were the highs? What were the lows? Why was it a high? Why was it a low? To have that dialogue and to allow that to really become a catechesis, a catechesis that ought to be taking place at our dinner tables. Um, How about, Bob, he says, the influence of the communications media. I mean, what more can be said about the influx of social media and how it just saps us of our time, time that has been given to us as a gift to give back to God, right? We're so over-concerned about making sure we respond to this text, that email, this Facebook post, that tweet, that we have forgotten, in essence, that time has been given to us as a gift, well, you bring those two, two points together and think about it. I mean, how often have you been at a restaurant, you look over, you see a family of four, and everybody has their phones in their hands. You know what? Believe me, they're not passing along Catholic tradition or Christian <laughs> tradition. They're all on their phones, yeah. you know, uh, a million miles away from one another while they're waiting for their dinner to be served. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it's striking. I was, I was at a um, wedding reception about three months ago. And this gal, good friend of mine, she kind of nudges me. She says, look over there. And it was this round table of about eight teenagers. All eight, all eight were in this hypnotic trance. Nobody uh, talking. Right? No, yeah. no, no. And, and gosh, it, it makes me, we kind of joke around, but it makes me sad, Bob, yes. because we're losing our sense of how to communicate. We've, we've increased in ways to communicate, but simultaneously we've lost our sense of how to communicate. It's so striking. Everything's an acronym. Everything has to be abbreviated. And, and in it, we, we've lost that sense of how to listen. How can you listen when you're actually not hearing an audible voice? So, yes, for all of this, it's leading to this breakdown of just not the family, but the human person. So he goes on, the unbridled consumerism which feeds the market. You know, something we've talked about before. We spend all of our time consuming, 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 getting ours that we forget that we should have asked the question, should we be getting this? Should we be getting that? Right? So we need to make sure that we're measuring with some sound questioning on whether or not we should be buying this or that with simply do I need this or do I want this? 
okay? Simple questions that we need to start asking. Lack of pastoral care among the poor. Uh, we've talked so much about that. We'll continue to, co- to talk more about that, Bob. The failure of our institutions to be welcoming. What is he saying there? Our institutions have lost that sense of hospitality. Huh, Bob? I mean, what did God himself do in creation? He made the world hospitable. He made the world well for the crown jewel of all creation, man. We need to imitate God in this way. We need to be more welcoming. We need to be more hospitable. And, and when I talk about hospitality, I'm not talking about after church donuts. I mean programs and gatherings that really are what's life-giving. And yeah, have your after church donut gathering. That's, that's good and that's fine and certainly that can build up community. But what Pope Francis is after is something so much more and something so much bigger. And this last point here, Bob, this need to restore mystical adherence to the faith in a pluralistic religious landscape. What is he saying there in simple terms? We need to restore our sense of contemplation. There's so much noise in the world. We need to find that place of silence, gather ourselves, and renew our relationship with Jesus Christ in that great contemplation. John Paul II once said that evangelization is the proclamation of the gospel message, the formation of the larger teaching program of Jesus Christ, catechesis, but first and foremost, the contemplative gaze. The contemplative gaze. Because if we do not have that interior quiet, Bob, if we do not have that deeper sense of adoratio, adoration, contemplation, then we're never going to really know what Jesus Christ is after, especially what he's after in our relationship with us, what he wants us to do. So important. And again, you know, right from the exhortation here, Pope Francis, a while back, he's saying the church, you know, we need to open up the doors. Well, actually, it was earlier in the exhortation, but I've heard yes. him even mention it in some interviews. Yes. Open up our doors. And he's not talking about the doors of the church. He is, in a literal sense, to some degree, but opening up the doors of our heart. Yes. Opening ourselves up to embrace and welcome, you know, those who don't sometimes feel welcome in our own institution, mm-hmm. the church. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we need to welcome the Lord into our hearts and in turn and in doing so welcome those who God puts before us. Amen. Well, good program, Bob. Let us uh, close in prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 6.30 p.m. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.